So I'm going to talk about something that's rather abstract. Uh, it's called self, not self. And this has always fascinated me about Buddhism because they talk about this a lot. And it's really hard to understand what the heck they're talking about. But most religions or philosophies always have something that's difficult to understand. So long, long ago, we're talking thousands of years ago, we had this sort of rudimentary consciousness, they say. The scientists say that our consciousness was not self-conscious, but simply conscience. And there weren't very many of us walking the earth. And we had these little groups, and they'd be hunters and gatherers, and, and they'd share the food, and they'd play and have fun most of the day. They didn't have to go to work for eight hours. They didn't have to go to the grocery store. They didn't have to cook. They just were having a wonderful life. Some call it paradise. Yeah, paradise. But then we got smart. For some reason, our basic consciousness turned into self-consciousness. And as the world got more crowded, because humans like to have sex, and that always brings more people into the world. So as life became more complicated, our self sort of kicked in. That survival self, the fight or flight self. And we were able then, rather than living in the flow of unity, we stood apart. We became independent. And from a Buddhist perspective, that means that we felt a little insecure. We had this little undercurrent of suffering because we no longer belonged to the great reality that we knew and that we came from. Wow. And then there were more and more of us. And we decided that I want this and you can't have it, so let's have a war. So all the people on our side fought all the people on the other side. And life became even more complicated. Then they said, well, let's build some roads and have houses. And let's settle down and raise crops and have animals. We don't need to move around anymore. We can be in one place. And the little groups turned out to be large groups, turned out to be towns and cities. There were hundreds of us. There were thousands of us all trying to get along. L.A. County has 11 million people. My God. <laughs> 11 million people. And everyone thinks it's all about me. That's the deal with this self. The self determines now what our reality is, and it is designed to keep us alive and keep us number one. We're number one. It's all about me. I don't care what that other person thinks. That's just their opinion. I know the truth. Wow. So Buddhism came around like... 2,600 years ago. And Siddhartha said, you know what? I have looked high and low, and I can't find a self. 
Where does it exist? Is it behind the pituitary gland? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It seems to be part of our consciousness that has evolved to such an extent that it overrides our intuition. And that's really a shame. It took me 20, 30 years of meditation to finally reconnect with my intuition. And wow, was that a surprise? Because you can't talk about it. There's no words when you have intuition. You have a feeling. It feels right. How do you explain that? You can't. People follow me on Facebook. I have quite a few followers now. They say, how do you pick the quote and the picture? Sometimes it's just magical the way you do it. I say, I have a feeling. <laughs> That's how I know when it works. I have that feeling. Can you explain that to me? No, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't even know what it means myself. I'm up every morning at 4.30 posting on Facebook. <laughs> and that is the perfect time to post on Facebook when you live in downtown Los Angeles. Because it's the most quiet time of the whole day. The only people up are the people that aren't supposed to be and the garbage people in their giant trucks and they're picking up your trash. And then the sirens start, and then the helicopters start, and for me, that signals it's a new day. <laughs> so the Buddha said, you know what? I don't think we are the self. I think the self is part of the process of having a consciousness, even though the self wants to believe it is an event. And it's true. I don't know if you've ever had a birthday. I'm assuming most of you have. But when it's your birthday, it's an event. It's about you, and self just loves it. You get presents and cards and praise. Everybody's so happy to see you. And what they're really saying, you're still alive? <laughs> they won't tell you that. And after a certain age, it's never happy birthday. It's just birthday. Because it's never going to be happy again. But that's the process we're involved in. We're becoming mature adults soon to be dead. <laughs> but until then, we're seizing, we're seizing every opportunity to enjoy our day. This is the first day and the best day of our life, right now. You're never going to have another day like this. It's perfect. You woke up, you had breakfast, you might have lunch as well, maybe a little supper, go to bed early. What a wonderful day. You don't even need to do anything. And it's a wonderful day. And the Buddha said, you keep suffering because you have desire to make it better or to make it different. 
You want to be in control. You can't control your life. There are 1,000 reasons why your life is the way it is today. And you are only one of the contributing factors. So there are 999 other reasons why it's this way, and you've got no control or say over those. It's really disappointing. Because if I was in control, would I look like this? (laughs) No, I wouldn't. But I'm not in control, and I'm stuck with it. So what did the Buddha say? The Buddha said, I have gone past self. I have gone to a place that is unified the way it used to be. Back in the old days, thousands of years ago, I figured out how to get there. But the problem is we can't go back. We can never go back to the way it was. We have to go forward. So he figured out a way to go forward and come to this unified consciousness, to this oneness, if you will. And that he called nirvana. So how do you get there as a Buddhist? How do you sort of get rid of all the stuff that's preventing you from being that person with the unified consciousness reconnected to the world around you in that special way. And self now has become simply a tool that you use because life is so complicated. It is so complicated. Man, it's never the same. I don't know if you remember the pandemic. But, you know, everything kept changing. Stores closed. Everybody had masks on. You couldn't tell if they were smiling or not. They just looked at you. I mean, man, oh, man. And then we got all this streaming stuff going on. Netflix. We would spend hours a day inside so we wouldn't have to die that day. watching, you know, 1980s television again for the first time. And you go, man, man. So what is it? What's the secret? What's the secret? Well, the Buddha laid it out. He said, personal discipline, mental purification, and wisdom awareness. Personal discipline. This keeps us out of trouble. You don't want to get in trouble. It's so weird. Because these days, when you get into trouble, they could kill you. They have guns and cars. And they have words that could kill your ego. So you don't want to get in trouble. You want to follow the five precepts. Number one, I'm not going to take life. That's a good one. I like that one. Number two, I'm not going to take what is not given. Okay, I'm not going to steal anything. Number three, I'm going to have love and kindness in all my relationships. Cool, nice. Number four, I'm going to speak skillfully. I'm not going to have malicious speech, gossip and idle chatter, false speech, harsh speech. I'm not even going to watch TMZ anymore. Because all they have is gossip and idle chatter, and it's so much fun to listen to. But there's no value in that. And number five, I'm not going to get high. 
It steals all my wisdom. Why are they trying to make psychedelics legal now? Have you noticed that? We already have marijuana and alcohol. Do they just want to keep us high all the time so they can manipulate us, control us, be in charge of us? Give them more drugs. They won't know what's happening. No, no. We had the 60s. Some of you remember. You know, they took a lot of drugs. But then they became stockbrokers. You don't want to be a stockbroker. Come on. So those are the five training precepts to prevent us from getting in trouble. Then we come to mental purification. This is an important one. Our minds are screwed up. Come on. Greed. Hatred. Delusion. Every moment of every day. You know? Do I want two pieces of chocolate cake or three? Come on, the greed. No, no. But they have the 10-count Hostess cupcake box on sale now. I can finish those in a day or two. Come on. So we have meditation. We have two kinds of meditation. We have tranquility and calming meditation. And we have insight and wisdom meditation. Samatha Vipassana. The Buddha did both of those. He did Samatha meditation until he rediscovered insight meditation, which allowed him to achieve his full perfection as a human being. He became the Buddha, one who is awake. Wow. How many times did you wake up today? I bet just once. The Buddha woke up twice in one day. That's why we call him the Buddha. Now, I wake up five times a day, but I take naps. <laughs> so, you know, I have an interesting day. It's always new every few hours. Okay, so we have this insight and we have this tranquility meditation and it has a purifying effect on your consciousness, on your mind. Okay, and I'm not going to go into great detail because we have to end at 11 o'clock today. But I want you to know that it's on Google and you can figure it out. Then we come to the three aspects of Buddhist awareness which will change your life forever. Number one, everything changes. Everything's impermanent. Nothing stands still. Don't get attached because you'll be so disappointed. You're having a good hair day today, tomorrow's going to look like nothing. <laughs> you just go, wow, what happened? I did everything I did yesterday, but it didn't turn out the same. Man, don't get attached. It's always changing. Does it all change for the better? It never changes for the better. <laughs> we just get used to it. That's all. It feels better today. Oh, is that your intuition talking to you? No. I think it is better. It might rain today. Isn't that a better day? No, that's just a day. 
like any other day, except it's this day. The best day. This day. Number two. Life is ultimately unsatisfactory. Buddhist wisdom. Man, Buddhist wisdom. No matter what you think about what you're doing or the outcome might be, it's going to be ultimately unsatisfactory. And why is that? Because everything changes all the time. So it might be satisfactory for a couple hours, or a couple minutes, or a moment, but then it changes. And you're so disappointed. And you want to cling and hold on to it. Don't go away. I've worked my whole life to have this moment. And now you're going away. Man. Or the damn thing stays too long. I'm going to push it away. I can't stand it anymore. And it doesn't want to go away. Attachment aversion. Wow. We're stuck with that every day. Our mind, our self, is telling us how it's supposed to be and what we could do to make it better. That's its job. Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> it will get you in trouble. It's just thinking. That's what it does. It's not invested in anything. It doesn't know. It just thinks and waits for the body to react. And the body is so stupid, it reacts. <laughs> and you're disappointed. And you go, wow, I thought life was going to be better. Yeah, when you're 10, it's great. You get to be 70 or 80, you're just happy to get up in the morning. And by the time you're 90, you can't remember your name. Life is wonderful. <laughs> so enjoy today. Because you're none of those things today. You're just in the flow of reality. Whatever that is. Number three, the greatest Buddhist wisdom of all. There is not a self. How did he know that? How did he know that thousands and thousands of years ago, we didn't have this self-awareness that we do today that's causing all these problems. How did he know that? And when he was able to transcend self, because he couldn't go back, he didn't kill self, he still needed to be able to find the door. See, self tells us, that's a door, and you are not the door, so you can use it. That's your car, and you are not the car, so you can drive it. This is a dollar, and you are not the dollar, so you can spend it. If we were the dollar, or the car, or the door, we couldn't do anything. We'd be frozen. How can I get out of here? I'm the door. Is there another exit I can use? This is so scary. To be one with the door. <laughs> so see, self has a function. Self allows us to use the stuff around us without having to be the stuff. And back in the old days, before self-awareness, man, everything was alive. The mountains were alive. The trees were alive. The babbling brook spoke to you in its very own special language. How much fun would that have been to be back there and have it all alive around you. And you weren't separate from it. You were part of it. It was you. You were intimately connected with everything. 
And then we became independent. And then we started to suffer. And now we have this self that wants to be in control all the time and do what it thinks is best. And we come to this place where maybe, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's we. Maybe it's all of us together that makes a difference. Not just me. I was in Vons the other day. They had a sale on donuts, you know. <laughs> and, and the clerk looks at me and says, would you put a few dollars in this jar? We're trying to feed all the people that don't have food. And I said, no, I'm sorry. She took a step back. She couldn't believe it. What, what's wrong with this guy? Why won't he even leave a dollar behind? I said, you know why I'm not going to put a dollar in there? She said, no, please tell me. I feed cats. <laughs> she said, you feed cats? What does that mean? It means I feed cats. And there are a lot of people out there who want to feed other human beings. There's only a couple of us that want to feed cats. <laughs> She was not impressed at all. <laughs> but you know, we have to pick our kindness. What is your kindness? What are you going to do? You cannot do everything. But that's why we have 8 billion people. If they all choose their kindness, everything gets done. If you try to do everything yourself, you're going to go insane. You can't do it. I feed cats. I feel that's good enough. And the cats feel that way too. <laughs> so what the Buddha did in his enlightenment, nirvana, awakening, is he had the direct experience of the interconnectedness and interdependence of all phenomena. You see, he wasn't apart any longer. It was not about him. He had achieved his final goal. He had reunited at a spiritual and physical level with the entire universe. And for 45 years, he taught the path to that unification. How cool is that? And we have it in books. And we have teachers teaching and we have audio cassettes. We've got it all. 2023 is fantastic. You can even stream if you want. But it's there. If you feel alone, there's a difference between loneliness and aloneness. You're never going to be alone when you're interconnected with 8 billion people. You're going to be with them all the time. They are you, you are them, you are not one with them, you are connected with them. So that gives you a chance to have your own unique personality and life experience. You know, oneness I think might be overrated. I like being alone together. That's what I like. It gives me a chance to be me, a chance to be you, but beneath the surface, we're doing it all together, changing the world in a better 
wholesome way. Thank you for listening. You were listening so intently. And I didn't have anything to say. Yeah.